Hello, this is Penn Gillette. If I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. The Libra Cube. That is a podcast we haven't heard yet. Might be good, might be terrible. The Libro Cube Podcast with host Jordan Maywood. All right, here we go. This comes to us from our good friend Jordan Maywood. You call hamburger steamed ham. Yes. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. This show is one in which I discuss, nay, because that's a two-part uh, thing. Oh, God. <sighs> a professional, which I clearly am not, would probably start this over. But I have a very strict rule of not doing so. So, whatever I say at the top, no matter how uh, uh, horrendous like this is stays in it jesus christ very tempting to restart this one but as i say not going to uh yeah a show where i spew forth okay yeah let's say that all the media i have consumed why why would i do such a thing well i have a good reason and that is if i don't do it all the sort of talk thoughts information data input as johnny five would say uh just sits up in the dusty attic of my mind and slowly drives me insane er however if i pour it forth it sort of gets out of there and uh, 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 leaves room for other media to consume is the theory that i'm working under and after 532 plus episodes it seems to be working i think I have yet to be committed since I've started this podcast. Oh, wait. Was that? Anyways, <laughs> let's uh, maybe not delve too much into that thought there. Uh, let's push a button instead. That will get us started through a series of segments. Oh, I should say at the top, lots of things. And I've already said too many of them, except for a very important one, which is... I uh, have consumed this stuff. You may not have. So if you hear me talk of things that you have not uh, uh, watched or listened to or read or played, potential exists that you could spoil it for yourself. And I don't want that. So I warn at the top of the show that I may spoil things. Uh, I, I may give spoiler warnings right before I say things. If it's like really important and vital, then again, I may not. So I warn at the top. Like that. Oh, God. Pushing button. Movie monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Liv Tyler's Pediatric Psychiatry. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first from... 2007 rain over me this was long two hours four minutes uh starring mr adam sandler and mr don Cheadle. i also got some jada pinkett smith the live tyler donald sutherland robert klein jonathan banks ray allen oh geez john delancey who i have met and got his autograph um okay so 
what is this about? Let's read the IMDA. A man who lost his family in the September 11th attack on New York. Oh, I didn't know. I never put that together. <clears throat> I knew his family died in a uh, plane crash, but I didn't know it was that plane crash. Uh, runs into his old college roommate, uh, played by Don Cheadle. Uh, uh, rekindling the friendship is the one thing that appears to be able to help the man recover from his grief. Yeah, he's he's a, a pretty crazy um depressed uh not dealing with it uh, over the intervening years has turned him into a real oddball and uh this this reuniting of friendship sort of gets him back on the road to recovery and it is a difficult road and a, a, a sometimes painful to watch road but uh it, it is a road which is better than none Hmm, that sounds like it might be something a smart person would say, but uh, if you dig too deep into it, you'll realize it didn't mean anything. Uh, Rating-wise, I think I go a solid 4.29. Uh, uh, Adam Sandler was good in it, Don Cheadle, uh, always good, I'm pretty sure. I, I can't think of a time where I've seen Don Cheadle in a thing where I haven't thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you'll laugh, you'll cry, uh, you know, feelings. Moving on to... Miracle Mile from 1988. Oh yeah, this was a bit of a different one. Uh, a young man hears a chance phone call telling him that a nuclear war has started and missiles will hit his city in 70 minutes. How long is this movie? 1 hour 27, which is how many minutes? Hmm, I don't know. <clears throat> um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it sort of revolves around this happening and then what he's gonna do to try to save the girl who he loves apparently although uh this was all happening where they're just about to have their first date so i'm not sure why he has this strong love uh, i guess love at first sight if you believe in that sort of thing this movie clearly does um it's got some very 80s vibe to it uh, didn't really blow me away. I, I, I think this was on a movie, uh, on a list maybe of like underrated movies or, or, or it was on some sort of list <laughs> as, uh, movies I watch are from time to time, like, you know, top 10 movies that nobody's ever heard of or, or something to that effect. And I don't know, uh, I, I think I'll go a solid three. Maybe a little less, to be honest, which a uh, three on my scale is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. And uh, I can't really see a scenario where I would watch this again. The acting is a little meh, and uh, the motivation of the main character is also a little meh, and, you know, everyone dying at the end is interesting. <laughs> Uh, moving on to The Wrong Missy from 2020. Oh, brand new. Just came out, uh, from my perspective, a couple days ago. But uh, uh, the, the titular Missy, <laughs> uh, played by none other than Lauren Lapkiss, uh, has been doing the rounds on podcasts, sort of uh, promoting this, uh, including a comedy bang bang that I listened to literally right before I hit record, I finished listening to a uh, most recent episode where David Spade was on Lauren Lapkus, Bob Duca. <clears throat> it was a good episode. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this. Uh, it starts off, uh, sort of, well, let me give my rating. I'll go a solid four. 
And I had heard so many podcasters speak so very, very highly of this movie. I think I did the sort of classic blunder of going in it with too high a expectations. So not that they weren't met necessarily. It's just uh, I thought maybe it was going to be something different. Um, it was good. It's a sort of classic planes, trains, and automobiles-esque of uh, uh, you got your straight man, David Spade, uh, and then you got your crazy person, <laughs> Lauren Lapkus, and uh, over the course of the movie, they develop a sort of fondness for one another and eventually a love for one another. And then it's that classic moment in all of these movies that always happens in every single one ever, where something happens, uh, where suddenly now they hate each other. And then uh, you, you spend the last, you know, uh, uh, one quarter of the movie uh, them reuniting because it feels so good, I guess. Uh, let me read the... Uh, Tim thinks he's invited the woman of his dreams, uh, who was played by uh, Molly Sims. Good to see her. I haven't seen... Man, she's, whew, she's looking good. Uh, of his dreams on a work retreat to uh, Hawaii, realizing too late he mistakenly texted someone from a nightmare blind date. <laughs> So a hilarious mix-up, basically. Uh, and uh, I, I, I do definitely recommend. Uh, lots of laughs. Uh, there's a, a couple of fun cameos as well. And uh, it is a good movie. It is a good movie. Uh, moving on to... Oh, shit. Did I... Uh, the Yank from 2014. Okay, uh, so I, I was slightly bamboozled by this movie. Uh, if you go to IMDb and uh, uh, look at the cover of this, and excuse me, when I went to uh, Amazon and typed in Fred Willard, wanting to watch a Fred Willard movie, he's excuse me, he's very prominently uh, front and center on the cover of this movie. Yet uh, he has a, a one of the smaller roles in the movie, so I felt a little bamboozled. Uh, also, the movie wasn't that good, <laughs> and uh, it, it almost had a sort of low budget, which I assume it was, feel to it. Uh, the 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 main character played by uh, Kevin P. Farley is that who it is? Yeah, I'm looking at the IMDb. The 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 main character is sort of low down on the. Is that who? No, that's not who it is. Yeah, I don't even know who played the main character <laughs> on this movie. Uh, Nicole Forrester, Martin Maloney, is that who it is? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, Sean Lackey. Sean Lackey, that's who it is. What else has Sean Lackey been in? Anyways, yeah, uh, so it's about this guy who goes to Australia. Oh, Australia. <laughs> Oh my God! Uh, goes to Ireland, uh, kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of, for the purposes of finding an Irish wife, because that is what his parents wish. Is that still a thing? And, and especially Irish. That that seems weird. Like, if, if you are Irish, do you want your kids to marry other Irish people? Is hmm. uh, a producer and writer known for The Yank, Gandalf, The Wizard, and Seven? Okay, so he, he's sort of a B movie type guy and this did have a bit of a b-movie feel and just was not very good uh which is sad because uh, the reason i wanted to uh, watch for uh um <coughs> fred willard 
God, this is a bad episode. Uh, reason I wanted to watch it for Fred Willard is because he recently, uh, from my perspective, uh, passed away. And uh, uh, what I'm going to do is cleanse my palate by watching uh, like a Mighty Wind or 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 a Best in Show or something where he really uh, gets a chance to not be <laughs> just a, a, a in it for you know ten minutes that sort of thing. <sighs> Rating wise, uh, I gotta go a one. Yeah, it, uh, it, it disappointed and not good and yeah sorry the yank uh moving on to is this is the final movie yes uh from a one to a five i don't think we've ever had such a dramatic tr transition uh we're talking star trek colon first contact from 1996 somehow some way uh, i found out the missus had not seen this movie which is tragic well and also was very surprising to me because um of star trek movies this is for sure i would say the one that uh anyone can watch you don't have to have basically any knowledge of star trek uh you haven't if you went into this 100 percent blind having never seen any episodes of star trek the next generation you'd be fine uh it's just a good uh funny uh, at, at points, action, uh, dramatic, a really, really good movie, easy, five out of five, probably a six out of five. Um, it, it's got everything you want in a sci-fi action movie. Uh, really, really love it and very accessible to anyone. Uh, and beautifully shot, uh, directed by Jonathan Frakes, so someone who sort of knows the material and, and, and is deeply entrenched in the world. Uh, let me read the and I'm curious what it says. Uh, uh, the Borg travel back in time, intent on preventing Earth's first contact with an alien species. Captain Picard and his crew pursue them to ensure that Zephram Cochran make his maiden flight reaching warp speed. Uh, Zephram Cochran, played by, uh, oh shoot, what's his name? Uh, James Cromwell. Man, uh, how tall is James Cromwell? Let's just Google that. How because I know Jonathan Frakes is tall, and he was, like, looking up to him by, like, a foot, it looked like. How tall is James Cromwell? I'm going to guess, before I look, 6'7". Ooh. 1.98 meters. Okay. Now we'll just get out the old... Uh, despite being Canadian, I don't really know my meters. Once... 0.98 meters in feet. <clears throat> okay. Six, five. Six, five. Okay. So I was a little off. Anyways, uh, yeah. So if you've never seen a, uh, 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 what call it? A uh, Star Trek movie. You've never seen any episode. This is a, or you know, better yet, and this is probably the more likely scenario. Uh, if you love Star Trek and want to get others to sort of hop on board with this love, uh, this is potentially a very good in. Uh, I think I've used it before with others as well to try to get them to sort of latch on to probably my favorite fandom. So, uh, the missus, uh, loved it, uh, which I, I, I assume she would. I did have to, uh, you know, beg, borrow and steal to get her to watch it. <laughs> uh, but we are watching Voyager right now. Oh, uh, that was, a uh, that was probably her favorite part. Um, there's a scene in this where 
uh, it's just it's it's a cameo basically where the doctor from Voyager is activated in uh, the 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 sick bay of the Enterprise because he's a hologram, he's a program, a, a program hologram, a program hologram. Uh, so uh, that was a cool little cameo that the missus was like, oh yeah, that guy <laughs> on the show that we've been watching for a friggin' year. Uh, uh, easy, easy, definitely watch this movie. Highly, highly recommend. Moving on to... Television Talk. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Dunder Community College. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, I have two television-y things... Uh, we've got the office in a community cast reunion type things. Interesting. Yeah, and I don't even know if I necessarily wanted to talk about them specifically. Uh, the office was on um, Some Good News, which is John Krasinski's uh, YouTube uh, channel, which I recommend you check out. Uh, you know, it's got some, some light, heartwarming type stuff. Um, where, uh, he was ordained as a minister so he could perform a wedding for this couple who uh, was supposed to have a wedding, but obviously canceled with everything going on. Um, so to sort of wrap up that wedding, he had, uh, basically the whole cast of the office, uh, uh, you know, do a little dance, shake a little love, get down during the day. I think it was, um, similar to the wedding, uh, whose wedding was that? Was it Jim and Pam? Where there was like dancing and they all did the dances they did on the show. Uh, and, and it was cute. And it was heartwarming. Uh, I, I hope they do other things where there's more talking because this was just basically them dancing, which, you know, it was fine. Uh, uh, then we also had uh, the community, uh, the cast of community. Apparently they read, uh, uh, did a script read. And uh, we just caught the, uh, the, 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 the post doing that on uh the darkest timeline podca- podcast with jeff with ken john <laughs> ken and joel McHale. uh yeah so uh it, it was basically uh that's going to be posted elsewhere but uh they while doing that decided that you know they'll just get together and shoot the shit for an hour so that was cool to see them sort of talk and reminisce of that show and this is not the first or the second or the third even time where we're starting to see these sort of reunion things pop up. And I wonder why that is. And I have some theories. I think the fact uh, is potentially not only that people like them and it gives them a sort of sense of nostalgia for days gone where the world was normal, but also even from the perspective of the people actually doing the reunions, they're in the same boat we are. Well, you know, they're in their billion dollar mansions in some cases, but uh, they're still probably, they're still human beings and they still have sort of feelings of, uh, yeah, remember when we used to hang out with these people and have a good time? Uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, catching up with them a bit. So they're probably getting something out of it out of it as well i uh, hope and assume almost um like not just doing it for uh well a a lot of them are not i don't think making money or anything they're uh, maybe donating to charity or just doing it for the shits and giggles of it all but uh there's got to be some sort of psychological reason that we're seeing all these reunions and it's sort of a fascinating 
thought why is it uh just on that similar note there's like uh i read an article about uh people who baking banana bread and how that's like a, a sort of normal thing and there's all sort of this this new and interesting psychology of people in the situation that we're all in and and what's happening to sort of humans <laughs> just from a psychological perspective very very interesting uh what this is doing to everyone and interesting yes but then also potentially scary uh maybe we'll save this for uh, the cleanup conversation. Yeah, let's do that instead. Okay, but we're, we're touching on some interesting things, right? Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book Banter. Today's Book Banter sponsor is Knights of Salami. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, if you're following along, uh, you will no doubt be uh, aware that I'm working my way through The Meeting's Sextet, which is a six-book series that takes place in the world of Dragonlance. Uh, uh, this is book number four, The Oath and the Measure by Michael Williams. Uh, okay, so let me get this out of the way right off the bat. I think I've given like every book a five out of five so far. This one, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, and I feel bad, and uh, the, I don't think Michael Williams will ever hear this. So uh, I, I suppose I shouldn't feel too bad. It's just that it was not my cup of tea necessarily uh, and this is something that's come up in fantasy before where uh, uh people quite often and i'm not one of them like in their fantasy uh, a, a sort of a political intrigue a sort of uh, a, you know things going on at court uh, uh, uh machinations is a word you could probably use and those sorts of things <laughs> just do not interest me um also the fact that and i think this might actually be pretty accurate um when i'm reading these uh because they are uh, 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 uh what is it not a world let's just say a world uh a world where uh, dungeons and dragons type stuff takes place uh quite after quite often i'm sort of looking at it through that lens uh either on purpose or just because it's that's what's happened now that I've played Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and the main character of this book, uh, what's his name? So you can remember. Uh, Strum Brightblade. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> he is a knight, which uh, in D&D terms is a fighter. And he is human. And to me, I, I've said this in some D&D related stuff before, uh, a human fighter is the most boring of all race class combinations that you can pick that exist in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Now you could do it and you can make it fun and you make it interesting. And I'm sure there's plenty of people who love playing their human fighters out there. I, I'm not going to yuck your yum or yeah. Um, it's just to me it's very boring and basic and a lot of this book felt that boring and basic to the degree where there was times where i seriously considered um stopping and sort of skipping this book so for that reason i'm gonna give it a uh, uh i'm gonna go two and i'll tell you why um i reached a point where i was like maybe a hundred pages to go and it's not a long book it's like 250 somewhere in there 
Oh, 311. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was like a hundred pages to go and I was having that thought of, ah, should I give up? Should I just move on to the next one? Um, and I decided, you know what? I was going to take a night and just going to power through it. And I'm glad I did. Uh, so that's why I'm not giving it a one <laughs> because ones are for, you know, stopped, uh, reading it. <laughs> and put it away and didn't continue with the reading let me read the goodreads and uh, maybe that'll be a hint to why i didn't like it but probably not secrets of the past period okay weird although raceland and caramon goddamn fantasy names uh urge him not to go strum bright blade attends an annual salamnic ceremony that is interrupted by dot 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 a stranger, taunting challenge, clues from the past, death. Once he accepts a mysterious gauntlet, young Strum must make a dangerous journey from curious friends, rescue, rescue a fair if querulous maid, defeat a traitor knight, and learn the secret fate of his long-lost father. Oh boy, <laughs> he must also learn, on top of things he's learning, he must also learn the meaning of honor. Pfft, didn't have a dictionary? The fourth installment in the popular meaning sextet tells the story of Strum Brightblade, the noble Salamnic Knight, in the years before Strum joined up with his other companions as the best-selling Dragonlance series. Yeah, so even that, uh, I think that was actually a very good description in that I left it not really caring <laughs> what is going to happen in the book and confused. Yay, moving on. Today's game, Gavin's sponsor, is Tom Nook's Reverse Mortgage. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, so we're talking Animal Crossing, which is not too surprising. Um, <laughs> you knew it was going to happen eventually. I think I even warned in previous episodes that it will happen. Oh yes, it will. Uh, okay, so uh, by the title of this episode, you can probably tell my uh, surface thoughts, at the very least, of Animal Crossing's New Horizons. It's an okay game. I played for 10 and 20 hours, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I, it, it's just once you play a game like Stardew Valley, um, some people might say this is like a, a, a 3D version of that in some regards. But it's not. Uh, it's 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 clunky. It's slow. The parts that I like in these style games are locked behind like a hundred hours of gameplay, which I do not have the patience for. Uh, and this has come up in general about patience of video gaming, where uh, the reason I have not the reason, but I have like a shit ton of games. I've got Steam games that uh, you know. What, let me just check the number. Currently, I've got because I, 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 when I, whenever I buy a Steam game, I put it in a file called not played. Uh, right now, I have 141 Steam games that I haven't played yet. So, if a game like Animal Crossing grinds, makes me grind and grind and grind, do the same thing over and over and over again just to progress to uh, spots in the game that I want to get to, I'm probably not going to do it and I'm not going to enjoy it. Now, this game, 
is probably more for relaxation, like made for the purposes of relaxation. And I, I, I feel like there are scenarios maybe where I could get into this. Um, but it's gotta be like, I have no job and I, I just need something to kill time for hours a day. Uh, maybe in that sort of situation, but if a pandemic can't get it for me, uh, I, I really, it's going to be tough for me to really delve deep into a game like this. And I wish I could, because I've seen people's sort of, uh, uh completed islands and they're, and they're beautiful. And I, I feel like I could make one as well. It's just the tools to get to the, where you could start manipulating your island. It, it just takes so, so very long and so much grinding. It's It just felt like not fun. You know what I would do, uh, which I, I hope this comes out on PC. <laughs> I hope this comes out on PC and then I can like mod it and like just say, okay, here's a, here's a million bells for my character. Let's zoom through a bunch of shit and get to the point where I make, get to make my cool island. Uh, comparing it to Stardew Valley, which uh, I've spoken of very, very highly and given, you know, fives and sixes out of fives on this podcast because I've played it uh, a couple of times now. This, you know what? This game made me want to uh, play it again. I'll say that even. Um, yeah, comparing it to that, it's just... Uh, this game, basically you have to, if you want to progress focus a lot on the villagers and stardew valley i 99 of the time i would totally ignore the villagers uh it was only sort of late game stuff where i started paying attention to them whereas here the late game stuff is all the other stuff i want to do and the villager stuff is the stuff you have to do at the beginning so if they switch that that would be nice uh, if, yeah, just, uh, sorry, Animal Crossing's New Horizon. I'm going to give it a two. Yeah. Uh, no, you know what? 2.9. Enjoyed while watching, but probably, uh, while playing, but probably wouldn't play again. Would be a three. And I did have moments of enjoyment. It's just, uh, too much grind. Too much grind. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is the Magic Possum Creole Bar and Grill. Thank you for that sponsorship. First and foremost, yeah, okay, no offense to the other two items, but first and foremost, not another D&D podcast episode 100. Holy shit. Not only holy shit because of, you know, you getting into the triple digits there, but for the reason that uh, it was, you know, four hours long and it was the final episode of the season slash campaign so that's just sort of an incredible milestone um even the fact that they managed to um have episode 100 co uh, sort of coincide with that was is sort of a pretty impressive feat um i had a and knew i was going to have a uh just a shit a shit day at work um, we'll talk about it in a, a cleanup conversation, 
Oh, spoiler for that. Um, but I, I, I knew and did have a shit day at work. Like the type of day where it's done and you literally just want to stop, have something to eat, go to bed, and, you know, that's all you do. And I knew it was going to do that. I, I, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> I warned the missus it was going to happen. And it did happen. So what I did with this episode is saved it for that day. And it made that shit day not too bad. <laughs> I mean, the day was still shit, but the cherry on top of the shit day, <laughs> uh, it really offset it. So like I, I sort of just went into my room, turned off all of the lights and put this on and listened to it. And, uh, you know, I laughed a shit ton, which is not unusual, cried a bunch, uh, uh ended up downloading the episode and, and pulling the song they had at the end. And I'm going to put that on my phone so I can listen to it. It was so good. Uh, it's just an incredible feat of storytelling and role play and Dungeons and Dragons and just thinking about it, making me sort of get a little emotional. Uh, really, really recommend this podcast as a whole. Uh, this would be a classic, uh, envy pity situation in that if you haven't experienced the podcast for yourself, I pity you, but I also envy that now you get to start from the beginning. You've got a hundred episodes there to, uh, work your way through and just steep in that amazing world that, uh, dungeon master Murph has created, uh, along with, the cast uh, really just an incredible feat of podcasting in general and D and and so, so very good. Uh, I can't say enough highly about it really period full stop. And let's move on to Adam Savage's tested. Yeah. During, uh, oh yeah, let's combine this. And I think I'm kind of meant to do this, which is unusual for me. Actual planning of an episode. Uh, Adam Savage is tested with uh, test tube restoration, although it's spelt T-Y-S-Y tube, T-U-B-E restoration. Uh, so test tube, but I would probably say test tube because that makes more sense. Uh, so these are two somewhat similar things. Then let me explain if you've somehow seen both which is possible because I think they both have millions of views on average. Um, well, then you'd also have to listen to this. So <laughs> you're a real weirdo and I love you. Uh, Adam Savage, who you may Savage, who you may remember from, uh, uh, Mythbusters, probably, uh, well, definitely most known for has a YouTube channel where he'll like, uh, you know, he'll build stuff. He'll, uh, uh, he, he's a quote unquote maker. Uh, he'll, he'll build, he'll make, he'll, uh, uh, uh tell stories, really just sort of a, a, a cool channel in general, uh, sort of not just to watch, but also to take sort of little life lessons away from ways in which he does things are quite often smart <laughs> to the degree where you'll, you'll watch them and be like, yeah, you know what, if I take that idea and give it this little tweak and use it in my own life. Uh, it would really work out well, like just little things like that. And, uh, they're sort of relaxing and, uh, and I'm putting that together with test tube restoration where this guy takes just shit. That's like beat the hell out of rusted, just looks like a clump of metal, uh, things like a, a bench grinder, uh, that was it still working? I think maybe it did, but you had to like get it spinning first. Uh, like just broken to hell stuff and restores it to uh, not only brand new, but uh, in some cases even better than probably when it first came out. So, 
and, and him sort of working through the process, like uh, removing the rust, sandblasting. He he goes to the extreme, this guy in test tube re- restoration, that uh, if one of the original bolts is broken or uh, unusable or he had to drill it out, he will literally make a new bolt from a chunk of metal. Like, like the crazy levels he goes to to uh, either try to... He, he always tries to reuse the original parts, but if he can't, he'll sort of build the parts from scratch. Just an incredible watch, this uh, literal transformation of these things. And I'm sort of combining these two together because I feel like you get to see things grow from nothing uh, on these, and you get to just sort of sit back and watch other people do something they're very good at uh a, a test tube restoration he, he doesn't even talk he'll just occasionally throw some text up on the screen and they're just sort of mellow relaxing things that uh we all need in these times yes uh so uh, i recommend them both uh very very cool just youtube channels that uh, add them to your podcast or your youtube uh, uh, playlist why don't you just just add a few and if you like them you know go down the rabbit hole it's fun oh Yes, decided to throw in a cleanup conversation to this episode, because why not? And this cleanup conversation is sponsored by Blood Colored Bleach. Thank you for that sponsorship. Yeah, I thought we would just throw a little uh, a COVID check-in, because, you know, we're living it, so might as well do a little talk. So, uh, uh, sort of mentioned work-related, and uh, I guess a lot of it, because that is... Of parts that take up one's life, uh, work often is the largest. Uh, and I'm not unusual in that. That's the same for me. Um, uh, there's been at my work some layoffs, some uh, temporary layoffs, some uh, 100% layoffs. Uh, but in general, until recently, it had zero effect on me, basically, in terms of work. Um I was working from home two days a week anyways. Uh, I had uh, actually asked to just work from home in general because I, I find I work better from home. Um, less distractions, less less people. Uh, uh, I've often said I've had the, 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 the made-up uh, uh, disorder hypervigilance, <laughs> hypervigilance disorder, which was something uh, uh, Adam Carolla, back when I used to listen to him, uh, used to say. It, it's basically where... Like, I'll hear every whispered conversation. Every time someone drops a pen, I'll hear it. Every uh, sort of muffled moving, I, I would hear. Like, it, that's one of the reasons I have to have a podcast going in my ear, is just to have something that takes my attention away from all these little little annoyances. Not that I ever got annoyed, it's just that I notice them. Yeah, that's actually a very good way to say it. It's You're not annoyed by all the little noises and distractions, it's just that you know of the existence of all the little noises and distractions. Uh, I guess sometimes it can be annoying, but it, 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 yeah. Um, so, with the working from home, you know, no big deal. Now, what has happened, though, is in my department, 
when I was hired originally, there was uh, uh, four people doing uh, two separate jobs, let's say. No, I, and, you know, I, I could just tell you the company and go into the details, but uh, I, I kind of don't want to because, I don't know. Uh, a, who cares? And B, that's maybe not a good idea. Uh, anyways, uh, yeah, so there was four people doing two jobs. Um, until recently... It was uh, uh, two people doing two jobs. I was doing one, and one person was doing the other. Uh, so that's how it had been for the last two years, say. Yeah, two years, give or take. Now, what they've decided to do is one person for two, the two jobs. Uh, now, I, I should consider myself lucky, uh, I suppose, that I have a job, despite being <laughs> this one person doing these two jobs. Uh so uh, that happened, and it wasn't great, and that was my shit day. It was the first day doing that. Uh, it was coming back from a holiday where the day previous, uh, the person, <laughs> like, they, uh, one thing about this job, one of the worst things about this job is they never, like, consult about anything. They just sort of tell. Uh, like, they never asked if I wanted any part of this, or th even the day that it happened, uh, th th I was not told prior. I was told day of. Just, just some like ridiculous non-communication things like that. A anyway, so now that I'm this one person doing these two jobs, you think, okay, well, that's going to suck, but, you know, let's get it done. And then last week, I find out uh, from four people to one person, from an eight-hour day to a uh, six-hour, a less than eight-hour day. So they've reduced my hours and pay uh, by 20%. So... Uh, not only am I doing more work, but I'm doing it in less time, <laughs> somehow, some way. Now, normally that would bug me, but what I've sort of decided to think of it like, uh, like, like, uh, normally I work until the work is done, but I've decided that I'm not going to kill myself over this job. And if at the end of the day there is work that has not been done because I haven't had time to do it, so be it. That's just the nature of what's going to happen. Now, my brain does not like that. I like leaving at the end of the day knowing that everything's done. Um, but in these times, in this situation I've put in, I'm really, really trying very hard to uh, not have that thought process. Trying to change the way I think about work and uh be more lackadaisical about it oh yeah <laughs> not in terms of that actual work you know like i'm uh, i'm still gonna do my work and try to do it well it's just i have to have to have to start treating it more like um i only work during work hours uh and those hours are the hours i work <laughs> they call them work hours for the reason for a reason <sighs> So, uh, you know, we'll see how that's uh, going to go. Uh, uh, tomorrow is my first day of the short hours. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. Maybe it'll be, uh, maybe it won't be too bad. <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to be. But uh, we'll see. You know, uh, I find myself saying this a lot lately. You know, it could be worse. It could be worse. It could be worse. And the more you say that, uh, <laughs> like eventually don't we reach a point where, no, it couldn't be worse. I guess like death death and destruction, uh, things of that nature, that's when it's worse. But, uh, but so far, you know, it, it literally could be worse.
All right, that's my uh, my COVID check-in uh, uh, in terms of work. Now let's do COVID check-in in terms of not work. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing fine. Uh, I've said this before uh, that I'm sort of built for this situation and that I don't mind. Like, my favorite times are usually ones where I'm indoors <laughs> at home, you know, playing video games, watching movies. These are things I like to do anyways, and I've got to do more of them. Um, went out yesterday, yeah, for the first time, uh, I've only been out twice since all this happened, so out in the real world twice, um, first was I had to go to the post office because, uh, you have to sign for when you buy pot from the Ontario government, you have to go there, you have to sign, uh, they have to check your ID, you know, makes sense. Um, and yesterday I... Uh, did a Walmart grocery pickup. So that's basically you order everything online and uh, you go there and they put it in your trunk and that's it. Uh, and I also uh, did something that I've been dying to do, which I, I feel a little guilty about, which is I went to Tim Hortons, got a Tim Hortons breakfast because that's something I used to do once a week, maybe once every two weeks. Uh, and I did miss that. And so I did that. I sort of, uh, uh, I, I got a car wash um, because I heard that when your sort of car just sitting around in your garage, if it's dirty, that's can like eat away at the, at the, and create rust and stuff. So I got a car wash. Uh, and then I sort of, uh, I took the long way home. I went for a bit of a drive just through nature and, uh, you know, just had a, like a little, little time out and about and, uh, feel fine about it. It's not something I necessarily crave, but you know, it, uh, it was nice. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, I guess that's really it. Um, I guess I have to pay more attention to money a little bit more now with 20% left, but then I was just, uh, and someone could do this math. It's math. I don't have all the numbers and probably beyond me a little bit, but, um, the money I save and not having to go out or get gas or, you know, things of that nature, uh, would it be comparable to this 20% pay cuts that I'm going to be taking? Probably not, I would assume, but it's probably, it puts a dent in it anyways, let's say. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, the missus is doing good. She goes in uh, twice a week now. Um, she's there by herself when she goes in, so at least there's that. Uh, had a little bit of a uh, argument, a little bit, I suppose. Uh, her mom came over the other day and like came inside for the first time since all this happened, which I, I kind of didn't want, but also told Emily, uh, the missus, I mean, that uh, <laughs> I wouldn't uh, argue with her because I know it's something she wanted, but also that I didn't like it. So <laughs> it happened. Uh, I, I don't know. It just makes me nervous. Uh, uh, she, my mother-in-law, uh, lives with my sister-in-law who works at McDonald's. So that sort of puts the thought into my head that this is someone interacting with the public and it's like one degree away from, I don't know if I really want to, why take the chance? Those, these are all sort of thoughts I have. Uh, so I discuss them here on a podcast that nobody listens to. <clears throat> And I also burp sometimes, because who gives a shit? <sighs> Proof. Folks, we did it. I suppose we did something. <laughs> it's nice to be nice to the nice. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. 
you can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.